You're listening to the HR Happy Hour Show with hosts Steve Bowes and Trish McFarlane. Since 2009, the HR Happy Hour Show has been bringing you thought leaders, workplace and technology experts, academics, and more to take on the most important and interesting topics impacting work, human resources, technology, and the workplace. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net. Hey, we've got a special HR Happy Hour show today. I recorded this show in a series of interviews from Oracle HCM World in Boston. Great event, interesting times here at Oracle. Got to learn a lot about the updates, the developments, the things that are happening in Oracle and across their many customers. And what was most interesting to me was I got to sit down with two customers. I interviewed them separately, and you'll hear those interviews on today's HR Happy Hour show. First up, we had Chris Kiesling from Royal Farms. They are uh, a mid-size, a small to mid-size chain of convenience stores in the Mid-Atlantic region that uh, folks in Maryland, Pennsylvania, Delaware might be familiar with. I'm told you try the chicken if you go to Royal Farms. So I talked to Chris about some of the challenges of uh, running a, a business in, in that industry, high turnover, rapid changes, uh, just difficulty in keeping folks. So it was a really interesting conversation, and uh, you'll hear that. And then next up, you'll hear another uh, mid-sized organization, SRI International, and their director of business applications, Yamini Namashivayam. I talked to her about some of the challenges that they have in finding talent, retaining talent. Similar challenges to Chris, but in a completely different field, a completely different type of uh, uh, employees, completely different industry. Fascinating conversation about what's happening in both of these companies. So you'll hear both those interviews from Chris, from Yamini, uh, recorded by me at Oracle HCM World. So thanks for listening. Thanks for Oracle for having me out at HCM World. It was a great event and uh, enjoyed being here. So uh, that's it. So let's get on with the show. Hey, I'm back at Oracle HCM World, and I'm joined by Chris Kiesling from Royal Farms. Chris, how are you? Excellent. Great to see you. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Thanks for taking some time from the event to join us on the HR Happy Hour Show. Tell us about Royal Farms, and tell us about you. Okay. Well, easy as me. Um, taught everything from middle school to college. Um, joined the military for some years, then took a break from that, ran... A computer division for American Express Financial Division okay. for the tri-state area, Baltimore, I mean, Maryland, Virginia, um, D.C. Then went back to the military, retired after 28 years. And you're done. You're done with <laughs> all this nonsense. I'm, I don't need to work anymore. Yeah. Then um, a friend of mine, he was um, the HR director of eight rural farms, and he needed um, an HRS manager. Okay. So he basically conned me to come back to work and come out of retirement. <laughs> So, teaching, military, now in HR. Uh, yes, I don't know. Yeah. You're picking. The, you're picking some tough duty all the <laughs> way around. Um, within the military, I did a lot of HR and others. Okay. I mean, so it's not a. It's. I have worked many, many different areas in HR, so it's not a no-brainer to go into even into the IT techie side of the house sure. as well. I can talk different sides of the house. I think that's one of the big big problems or issues that a lot of HR people don't. Yeah, that's a good point. They're only specialists in benefits and do not see the big picture. Yeah. Tell, tell us about Royal Farms a little bit. For um, folks who Royal might not Farms know. is in um, five states. 
Delaware, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Maryland. We've just moved into New Jersey. Okay. It's a convenience store um, operation 24-7, so that brings a lot of challenges to itself. What what convenience stores... Hundreds of them, or a couple hundred, maybe more. We're going to talk about the growth plans maybe in a second. What are some of the things from an HR and an HR systems perspective sort of endemic to this kind of business? Because off the top of my head, I'm thinking lots of hourly workers, probably some turnover, probably some volumes. What are some of the things that happen in this kind kind of business that impact how you do HR and how you do HR systems? Well, one of the biggest problems we have is our turnover rate. And it's, it's nature of the business, of the convenience sure. store business. Um, we average somewhere between 70 to 80% turnover rate. Okay. So any, at any given time, you look at our numbers, it's very stagnant. But you got to remember that same group of na- numbers are not the same as it was yesterday. Right. And it won't be the same as tomorrow. Um, one of the other big things is because it's a, such a high-volume turnover store is the the training aspect right because the same people you spent your money on this month to train may not be around next month so you're now spending more money to train completely new people so it's a it's a i'm not saying it's a revolving door <laughs> right but it's it's close to that yeah yeah and and i think it it, it forces you to, to have more robust systems and processes than maybe a similarly sized company might have who's, you know, the normal 8 to 10% turnover, right, that, that a, I don't know, a, a tech company might have or a, uh, uh, a services firm of some yeah, kind. Right? Absolutely. Um, one of the other big problems is at night with it being a 24-hour store, mm-hmm. there's a lot of individuals that as long as you're breathing, the store leaders will hire you. <laughs> Um, right, because those have got to be tough jobs to fill, fill. regardless, right? A- absolutely. Right. And they also have the highest call-out rate. So sure. even though you've scheduled three people, you're hoping one of them shows up. Yeah. Then, of course, it affects when people, especially in a lot of like in our, a lot of city stores that have bars around. Okay. And you're expecting the bars to let out at 2. Oh, because right. everybody's got the munchies at 2 a.m. Yeah. And you're not, you only got one person's staff behind the... Like Taco Bell's made their entire business model on that. that exactly. You know? And it is. Yeah. I mean, if you notice, Taco Bell is... Leveraging up, the... Yeah, now they're open until like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. Yeah. in the morning. Some of them are even 4 a.m. So it's a, it's a big business. Yeah. It's got to be tough to, to, uh, uh, to, to understand the, the, the types of things you need to implement in order to fulfill, like to, to meet those needs. Because you, you're doing high volume, mm-hmm. right? You have to bring in a lot of, uh, can, you're probably bringing in a lot of candidates. But, you know, I would think, I remember I, I interviewed a while back a, um, someone in the movie business. You know, similar enough, right? Lots of locations, lots of counters, counter workers, clerks, and things like that. And this manager said, you know, all I'm doing is hiring people. All I'm doing is sitting in interviews. All I'm doing is these screens. It's like I can't. You know, I've got to run my business, right? That's got to be a challenge, too, for your, your store managers or your store leaders, right, who have a store to run and not just be hiring people all the time. A- absolutely. Um, it's, it's a privately owned company, so it's not a franchise. Okay. So even the store leaders sometimes, I mean, we, we, you can work hard to make people vested and feel good and that it, they belong, but that's a very, very difficult thing to do when you don't have a vested interest. Right. 
Um, of course, you try to make a vested interest by putting bonuses and, and other incentives, but um, it's still very tough to, to, to do that. Um, the other big area is the, the quality people, because if you're just a penny short, let's say our competitor is giving the same employee 10 cents oh, I see. an hour and more than you are, they're going to go with the 10 cent more right. for the exact same job. So in that department, it's very competitive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because they can work right across the street with, for your competitor for <laughs> even down to a penny more. Wow, that's they'll, crazy. They'll go across the street for yeah. a penny. Yeah, that, I believe it. No, I mean, I believe it. It's just, But it's, it's, it's interesting to think about you know, some of those challenges that you have that are endemic to this kind of business, right? The volume, the churn, the, the, the screening. You talked a little bit before. We, we talked for a few minutes before we started uh, recording about some of the things you've had to implement in order to improve candidate flow, hopefully improve candidate quality, and make, make managers' time more, use more valuable. Maybe talk about that a little we, bit. We, unlike a lot of, we, we belong to study groups. Maybe that's the best way to start. Um, several of these study groups do not do drug ba- drug testing or background okay. testing. We found that those groups have a high theft volume mm-hmm. within their customers. I mean, within their employees. Right. We implemented that, and our numbers for theft of employees have, have dropped dramatically. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just that simple fact has cut down. Um, we've also implemented um, a screening service, which... Um, has eliminated about 50% of the candidates that apply. Okay. So just taking them through some pre-screening with some questions, survey, or type, Co- how does correct. that work? Correct. Okay. Um, just to kind of... To, to I, screen out some of the... The obvious things you know you don't want to pass right. through to the next round. Okay. And, and some of those is also just... It's, it's about a 30-minute test. Okay. So it also screens out those that are... Serious. Yeah, I've heard that from other folks uh, as well when we talk about this issue, right? If you're going to... You're at least you're going to show up and sit down and do that thirty minute mm. test, or do it online, or however right. you do it's, it. Right? It's online. Yeah, yeah. That, that you're you're at least invested thirty minutes of your time. Right? Exactly. Right. That's the other thing we we implemented beforehand. Um, we did not do everything wasn't computerized. It was all paper based. This you would go into the store. Fill I know you can't see this on the podcast. I just, I was shaking my head though, like oh my god, yeah. <laughs> So basically, you went into the store, filled out a paper application, faxed it in. Oh, man. Then an HR person is, would look at it. This is not that long ago, right? No, this is. Sometimes we talk a about these ago. things when we're thinking, like, oh, this was 1993. This is fairly recently, right? 2015. Good Lord. Um, Good Lord. Then we would go out to the, the free site for the, for the background check. Okay. Um, and we would be paying an individual to look up on the, on the government's free site for background. Wow. Um, so that was uh, a position that I don't want to say got eliminated, got phased into another role. Right, repurposed. Right. Repurposed. Mm-hmm. And but just the quality of the time and the and the applicants that we've selected, uh, we have seen a major change. Yeah. So that's I'm going to do a quick reset. I'm talking to Chris Kiesling from Royal Farms. I'm at Oracle HCM World this week, and yeah. So that's kind of the next step, right? So you you've done a process of modernization, right, mm-hmm. which it sounds like you had to, right, right. moving off these right. paper-based processes and these very inefficient processes. One of the big, big scopes when a lot of companies and, and talking with um, 
other people at these conferences and other things, they're not willing to change. Their process is, is set in stone and that's it. One of the big things, if you're going to decide to um, move on, you've got to do a paradigm shift. Yeah. And that, that's, what, an 80s term? <laughs> so, but it is. You have to change the way you're doing processes. We only changed about 80% of our processes. That other 20%, now I am seeing ramifications of those. Interesting. Okay. That you really, when you decide to modernize, you really have to put both feet in the, and jump in the water. Yeah. Um, so that caused a lot of, that we're finding out now. Mm-hmm. So we've designed a system out, and, and we chose Oracle, um, not because of other problems right. or other companies. They came in with the best price and the best deal. Mm-hmm. Sure. That was pretty much the reason why we <laughs> went with them. Right. We got several modules with them, but the big thing was the modernization, right? Which we needed. We went from paper based to yeah, computer based. It's, it's it's again right. It's it's easy for many of us to think who spend, especially the folks who spend a lot of time in tech. And I do the HR tech conference. I'm thinking about tech all the time. It's it, it's it's easy to get lost in all of it and, and, and to forget or to to just. You know, remember, hey, there's lots of organizations out there that are still using very old systems, very old processes, maybe doing things on paper. There's there's an applicant tracking system vendor that likes to say, you know, there's still, I don't know, 50% of companies above 1,000 people still don't have anything, right? They're still doing paper like you were doing, yes. right? And it, I'm always shocked when I hear those stats, but then I talk to someone like yourself, you know, from a... Not a not a small company. We got four thousand employees or so, right? right? This is not a this is not three stores. This is not you know a mom and pop thing. This is five states, hundreds of stores, and and, and growing, right? Right, and, and that's the other biggest problem with the volume when we talk about paper applications. With the turnover rate we have, 80 percent. Yes, at any given time, it's a, it's around four thousand employees. But tomorrow, it's a completely right. different 40, 40, 4, employees. Sure. So. With that being added, that's a lot of paper that's being filed, and then you've got the regulatory that you've got to keep stuff for seven yeah. years, so you're spending now rooms and rooms of documents that you've got to keep, that you've got to sort through, right? versus just having a computer system just to, to, to knock it out. So I mentioned, when, and we were chatting before before uh, we turned uh, we started recording, I mentioned we just did a show, Trisha and I did a show with Dave Ulrich, right, the... Mm-hmm sort of legendary godfather of HR person. And, and all which was great. And on the show, he asked us, he asked Trisha and I, like, well, what do you think has been the most interesting development? Because I Ulrich hadn't been on the show in seven years, right? So I, that was the first question I asked him. Like, what have been the big things that have happened in seven years? And he answered, and then he asked us. And I said my answer. And this is why I'm, the whole preamble leading up, Chris, there's a point to this. Chris doesn't know me. He's like, well, why did I agree to do this? But uh, I, Ulrich asked me, what did I think? So I always think about technology because I'm the HR tech person. So I said, I think the biggest thing is that modern technology, not any one specific, I'm not talking about any specific company necessarily, but modern technology has now made powerful, enterprise-level, uh, modern, fully fully capable technology available to companies of almost any size. It's almost like 100, 200, 4,000. 4, 
you know, 100,000, right? The same kinds of technology can be deployed because now we're doing everything in the cloud, we're doing everything on mobile. You don't need an army of IT staff. I doubt Royal Farms has an army of IT staff working on this stuff. It's just me. Yeah, there you go. You're the army, one-man army. So I said that was the biggest shift that I'd seen, that the technologies become more accessible to companies of all sizes. That was what I thought. Why I brought that all up is we were, you were talking before the show about how, hey, Royal Farms is big, but maybe getting bigger, maybe getting really big someday. So I'd love for you to comment a little bit about how you and how the company thinks about growth and how the technologies could support that potential growth. One of the, I mentioned earlier about um, paradigm shifts that you just never know what you can expect down the road. Okay. So we're a company that's growing. We just moved into New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So when I came on board, I said, we need to design a system for at least 50,000 employees, 50 states. Right. And the leadership at the time kind of balked at it and said, why? <laughs> because old systems get antiquated. If you don't plan for the future, you're then in another four or five years going to have to build out a completely new system, spend more money, spend more resources, relearning a system. Build it out right the first time, then you don't have to worry. Yeah. Um, And that is one of the biggest things that people need to do. It's interesting you mentioned about all the changes that, that everybody says happen in the world. One of the things that I find surprising with all these with the internet and HR and and everybody now we have more resources and access to tons and tons of information you would think over the years one thing I've never seen change is how managers treat their employees that nobody has ever changed that perception <laughs> right, or, right. or actually have taught somebody to do that we can put men on the moon and other stuff, but we can't teach a manager how to manage or to be a leader in the HR world. Right. And and I think that's very interesting. Yeah, it's, right, despite incredible advances in technology, access, capability. And and that class, you don't have to go away anymore. You don't have to go away to to Hawaii or across the world. You can do it telephonic and video conferencing. But we still still cannot teach our managers how to manage yeah. or take care of their employee. That is one of the biggest problems within the convenience store mm-hmm. um, business as a whole. If, if managers don't have a vested interest, then, it, then they will just hire like on the night shift. Right. It's a breathing body. And they know that they'll get rid of them or they'll leave within a month. Yeah, that's an interesting point you make, Chris, because like when when you know the math or the numbers or the statistics say I'm you know, I've got fifteen people on the crew and the math tells me ten of them will be gone within four or five months, whatever the whatever the ratios are. Right. But you know so it's it's hard to get too invested in them. It, it, well, I should say it this way. It can be easy to not get invested in them because you, if you think that way versus maybe thinking, hey, the best one, I'm guessing, the best ones, the best leaders probably do make that effort to, mm-hmm. to, to be invested, to be a little bit more uh, personal. Not personal is the right word, but to care a little bit more, to try to say, hey, I'm not, I might lose them, but I'm going to do what I can to make sure the best ones do stay. Right, right. right. And, and not only that, you also see the same thing, not at the media, at the store level, 
but at the district level, how the district leaders treat their store leaders. Mm-hmm. Same thing, the senior district leaders treat their district leaders. Sure. That after all these years, you don't see any changes. We talk about it. You can Google it right now. <laughs> They'll probably come up with 40,000 hits, how to, tri- how to treat people Man. and employees. But very few people ever change yeah. that concept. Yeah. And part of it, I think, too, is, is, is just like some of what you're trying to do in the organization to modernize, to improve, to transform, to bring in the right people, to try to get better at screening, to get better at educating, get better at retaining. Like what, it's hoping that you're supporting these changes, right, to, to, to support these positive and probably incremental changes, right, in a large organization to, to start finding and rewarding the right people or doing the right things and, and trying to move out the folks who aren't. And, and, and when we talked about paradigm shifts and that type of thing, with bringing on the, the computerization of a lot of these processes, I immediately thought younger generation, younger people know how to use a computer mm, yeah, yeah. and that type of stuff. That is not true. Mm. That we assume a lot of things about the younger generation because they can use an iPhone or right. they can use a Droid. But that doesn't mean they know how to use a computer. And they may know how to game and everything else, but if you ask them use to, to look up something in Excel right, right. That, or, or something else, simple, um, maybe following a time card. Like yeah, just doing, doing you know, time entry or scheduling or things like it, that. Right? It is, it's amazing how much they do not know. Or simple things when we were growing up that if your computer is working too slow, you turn it off and turn it back on and it'll clear all the memory and all that. Simple things like that, you bring that up, they go, do what? You, why do you make turn it off? So bring technology to a workforce is not necessarily, it's great that you drop a million dollar product down, but you also got to remember the simple things like turning off a computer and turning yeah. it back on to make it work or to re- have all the... They connect to the printers. Chris, this has been really fun. I'm glad you. Uh, thank you for taking a little bit of time with us today. Just real quick, what's kind of next? Where, where, where's kind of this journey going in HR and HR tech at Royal Farms? Is it? I know we talked about the potential growth, and are, are there things out there on the horizon you're looking at or you're thinking about? It's like, okay, we, this is the thing we're going to move to, and uh, this is our next kind of area of focus. Well, one of the biggest things is we we have an idea of what states we're going into or areas. The biggest thing is adjusting to those rules and and the laws. Good example, we're moving to Philadelphia. This will be the first time we've ever encountered the Philadelphia sick law, sick leave law, where they get, if you're a minimum employee, you get 40 hours of vacation. Okay, cool. Um, With a growth of us moving from, I don't want to say a mom-and-pop business, but that's what we were. Right. Now we're expanding even more. Things of that where... Leadership goes, why do I have to pay my employees 40 hours if they're not full-time? Right. Well, because that's the law. Gotcha. So relaying the information to leadership so they understand that you may not want to, but you got to because it's the law. Hey, uh, Chris, last question. I have not been to a Royal Farms. Mm -hmm. I'm going to find one. I'm going to find one of these states to go. When I walk into the Royal Farms, what's my order? What do I have to have? You want to get their chicken. Ch- All right, I'm okay. a chicken. That's I what like they're chicken. famous for. All right. And it's fresh chicken. It's it's big pieces of chicken. Mm. Um, I'm hungry. I haven't eaten lunch yet, by the way. <laughs> that's that's the thing. Their chicken is what we're what we're really known for. Love it. 
I'm, I'm going to have some. I'm going to find my way to a Royal Farms and get some chicken. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to do it. It's it's like Maryland, Maryland for crabs. Virginia. Okay. And I can find it's my It's like way. Maryland for crabs and Royal Farm for chicken. Nice, nice. Chris, this has been super fun. Uh, thank you. Great to You're meet welcome. you. Thanks for being here. Good luck. Uh, have a great event. Thank you. Uh, again, that's Chris Kiesling from Royal Farms. We're out here. Have the chicken. Chris recommends. And uh, uh, really enjoying the time here at Oracle HCM World. So uh, thanks, Chris, for joining us. Uh, and uh, next up, we have, uh, hmm, I'm not sure what's next. So stay tuned for more on the HR Happy Hour Show. Bye for now. Hey, I'm back. This is Steve, uh, HR Happy Hour again, back at Oracle HCM World for our second customer interview. I'm excited to have with me, and I knew like when I when this interview was set up, I said, Here's, this is going to be a great interview, going to be a great conversation. If I can just get past the first part, which is pronouncing my guest's name correctly, I'm going to give it a shot. Please correct me if I get it wrong. But I'm joined by Yamini Namashivayam. It's great. Yamini, I got it right. She's the Director of Business Applications at SRI International. Yamini, welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. Thank you. Great to have you. I'm happy to be here. A, a, a regular podcast guest, I've just learned as well. So you're old hat at this. You should, you should be a superstar today, I think. <laughs> well, we'll try. <laughs> well, awesome. So great to have you. Thanks for sitting down with us, taking a little time out of your day, out of the conference here. First off, please tell us a little bit about you, if you don't mind, and a little bit about SRI International. So I, I'm currently the Director of Business Applications in the Information Technology Services Group. And I've been at SRI for a little over 16 years. Uh, okay. So And joined there and I've been uh, in the information technology uh, implementing various systems. And SRI is actually a non-profit organization located in Menlo Park, California. Okay. And uh, we are defense contracting uh, mm. organization, and uh, uh, like we have done primary. I mean, anything that you are using on a daily basis, like SRI, has a contribution to it. The mouse. Computer yeah, I was going to say, give me an example. Computer mouse. All right, I've, used, I've got one right here on the desk. Right, founded SRI. If you're using tight soap to clean your cloths, that tight uh, soap was founded SRI. Interesting. And Siri. Technology was actually founded SRI, then it became a spin-off and got acquired by Apple, so that should speak a lot. Uh, You're probably talking to Siri like almost every day, asking nah, for directions. Or, makes some sense now. SRI, Siri, is there some... Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so you, you've got your... The organization's got its pretty wide array of projects and right. initiatives you're on you're so we you can actually primarily say like we are we're five we focus on five different areas education so just like uh, you know bill gates foundation do research okay. for them and do that and uh, biosciences um you know do cancer research how can we how can we use over-the-counter medicine in case of crisis happens and and cure as many uh, problems that we have at that particular point in time Info, uh, information computing sciences, where you collect like uh, you know big data and right. do analytics, and uh, we have like ATSD, which is our engineering group, mm -hmm. um, uh, robots, uh, you know, um, um, developing sort of advanced technologies and robotics. Surgical, okay. Oh, surgical like, equipment. You know, do surgical equipment. Okay. Uh, so we're more on a research side, not on the manufacturing side. Right. So you clear. provide some fundamental research that then becomes part of products that get developed. That's down the exactly line. correct. Okay. Yes. 
that makes sense. So high tech, high high high. Hard to find talent would be my guess. I don't want to guess what that, your talent exactly challenges are, but the, talking about super qualified people, super specialized people, right? Right, right. I, I, you know, one of the things like folks who come to events like this, uh, you know, they all have their individual stories, and sometimes they're similar, sometimes they're different. So earlier on the podcast, I talked to uh, Chris from Royal Farms, and he shared some of his challenges. And I want, and it's a completely different business, right? It's it's. I can't think of two businesses that are more opposite, right? They're a chain of convenience stores, right, located in the Maryland area, and you're sort of high-tech, research, I don't say think tank, that's not the right word, but, but super high-tech, super super complex work. I'd love for you, Yamini, to share with, the, share with the, the audience a little bit about what was going on. You've been there 16 years, right? And so you, what was going on there with either technology or HR or talent? What was the impetus behind SRI International looking to sort of modernize or maybe even transform their, their systems? So um, we were running on PeopleSoft uh, product. It was an on-premise solution. And we primarily had just a core HR, little bit of employee self-service, benefits and payroll. And that's about it. In, uh, in order for us to like roll out manager self-service to the bigger audience at SRI, we had to like customize a lot of it to really? make it user friendly. Yes. Okay. So it was not going to work for us the, the way it was actually uh, delivered. And and also like people saw, there are challenges with those technology too. And uh, and after it got acquired by Oracle, um, Oracle was promoting more on the Fusion Apps product, and and we were not definite about the roadmap of where PeopleSoft is mm-hmm. going. Yes, they upgraded to like two versions, but but after that, like you know, I don't I don't think uh, <laughs> there is a there's a clear path set for for that product. Yeah. So sure. in terms of in terms of technology product, th- those were in place. And then uh, since manager self-service is not there, you can you can imagine like every single uh, transaction that a manager needs to take care of is a paper process. They have to fill up the paper, they have to submit it to the HR operations team who will basically enter the data into into the system. Right. So there's lots of paperwork uh, as we were talking prior prior to this podcast, like uh, you were talking about like if a, if a person is going on leave and right. they need to borrow leave, they have to fill up another form and submit it. Right. So it, it's like lots and lots of paper and we needed to get rid of that. And then, and then the other part of it is there is, so, so now you know about SRI, it is complex um, people. Uh, superb, intelligent people in the in the organization. Right. So when we when we need to do projects, we need to be able to find the talent that is present in our organization first. So how do we get visibility into SRI's talent? Right. So the first question a CEO, a new CEO, join SRI asked is like, who are the top ten percent uh, of our of our population? Who are the top ten percent top performers in the organization? How do you do that? Like at at that time that we were in, we were not able to provide that solution. So we were we are working towards that as part of the fusion app. Yeah, and it makes sense, uh, Yamini, that that the transformation of business and strategy that says, okay, we need to do a better job or maybe a more efficient job at identifying the right people, our best people, making sure we challenge them and engage them with the right types of projects and also meet our our client demands. That that sort of went hand in hand with, hey our technology footprint that we rely on to help support us in this was not really up to that task either. So it's kind of a simultaneous, the, the business driver saying, hey, we need to get better at 
finding our talent, identifying our talent, maybe rewarding our talent too, and then we're also going to need to bring along our technology as well to enable that. Is that right. sort of yeah, sound e like it? Exactly. And finally, like increase the labor utilization, which directly increases the revenue of the of the organization. Right. So it's all like related together. And all these parts and, and also the total cost of ownership of the HR solution, we need to make sure everything, um, I mean, we can find benefits on all of that together. So let's let's put those pieces together, take a journey, find the new new path. Right. Like, let's, let's move towards it. Yeah, so Yamini, you're part of the <laughs> IT organization, right, at SRI? I, I wonder if you could comment a little bit about, and I apologize for surprising you with this one because I didn't prep you with this question, but uh, one of the things we hear about often in HR, because this is an HR podcast, right, and one of the things we talk about in HR, and I talked about it on the very last show, as a matter of fact, as well, was that, and Mark Hurd talked about it yesterday, too, so I, I feel good about saying this, but we talked about making technology, uh, cloud delivery and cloud models have made technology more accessible to organizations of many sizes, and your organization is, is large, but it's not massive. It's not 100,000 people. It's a couple of thousand, right? It's Something 2,200 like 2,200 people. So you call that a mid-sized organization. The uh, technology is now accessible to you, it, 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 powerful technology that's the same one that Walmart would use, say, for example. Uh, how does the relationship between, say, IT and HR, has, is it changing now? You're moving from sort of that older technology model, that on-premise model, customized model, right? I imagine you were you had a team, or maybe you still do, of developers working on these customizations or maintaining them. How has that sort of relationship and in, in that dynamic changed as you've moved to these, these, these cloud systems? So one of the prime things, I can talk from IT perspective, sure. then I'll talk about that relationship as well. So first is like on IT perspective, we're, we're no longer doing the patches and updates and upgrades mm. and, and all of that and ta taking our weekends to actually do that work. <laughs> right. So that saves a, saves a lot of time. And, and the second part of it is in terms of integration, uh, in terms of modifying the screens, adding flex fields, doing the, uh, you know, uh, formulas, um, all of those, all of those uh, type of work, um, you need to have like a systems implementation way of thinking. And so because of that, um, you know, because of that knowledge, we are actually uh, doing the systems implementation part as well. Okay. And uh, since it is a product that actually scales between finance as well as with with HR, and there is a clear segregation of duty between the between the two organizations, IT is responsible to take care of the security and segregation of of uh, duties. But but. But since that product is like super configurable, right. all of the system configuration that is available for a HR administrator to get into the system, configure it, and set up all the master data values, everything, do that, and, and work with the customers to be able to do that, they, they, uh, the functional administrators are completely enabled to, to make that leap and move forward. They are, they are actually progressing in that area, um, but having a systems way of thinking definitely helps in, in making that. So there is a, there's a little bit of training and migration that's needed to, to make that uh, thinking happen. Yeah, th yeah I mean, thank you for sharing sort of your experiences at SRI with this. And, that's, and, and you made such a great point, especially at the end there, when you talked about, hey, it's easy for us to say, hey, these cloud-based systems empower HR to do so much more than they used to with configuration and administration. And, you know, the, the I, I don't want to say it this way, but often you hear people say, well, the role of IT somehow diminishes or, or lessens. But as you say, hey, it's not that simple, right? You can't just take an HR organization that's sort of used to operating in those old models with 
basically asking IT to do everything, right, more or less. And now all of a sudden, okay, you're now empowered. You're in charge. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of training, a lot of uh, maybe mindset changing as well as you described yes, to get yes. them there, to help get them there. Right. And what, one other thing is like HR, when you think of a HR product, it is not a product just for the HR uh, people. Mm-hmm. It is actually product for the entire enterprise. So when, you, when you're designing the product or implementing the product, you have to think about like how can I, how can I efficiently put those uh, fields or, or data collection or you know strategy, however you're setting it up, how does that integrate along with the rest of the enterprise products? How can it efficiently enable the rest of the enterprise and and make that as an enterprise utilization product? So that's where IT comes into place to like really help to make sure it's not a HR product. Right. It's an enterprise product. This has been, yeah, it's so, so important. Uh, let me do a quick reset. Uh, Steve Bowes, the HR Happy Hour Show. I am live at Oracle HCM World in Boston. It's been beautiful here this week. Sunny Boston, which is nice. I'm with Yamini Namashivaya. I got it right twice? Yes. Really close? <laughs> Director <laughs> of Business Applications, SRI International. We're really talking about transformation and more and more interestingly to me, because I've been on both sides of this fence too, kind of how the organizational uh, is adapting to some more a modern approach in, in these modern systems. And it's fa- to me, it's fascinating. I, ho- I hope it's fascinating to the listeners, but it's fascinating to me to talk to someone really involved in this deeply and working through these transitions with IT and with HR. What, if you could, Yamini, maybe share with us, and I know you may be sort of along your way on this journey and this transformation, maybe share one or two things. What have been the most noticeable benefits that have happened to, to the organization? Maybe it's, maybe it's internal, maybe it's process, cost savings, efficiency, or maybe it's external as well. Like we are getting better talent or we are deploying talent more efficiently. What would you say are the one or two things that really come top of mind to you? So um, I, because I'm in IT, the top one that comes in my head is always the total cost of ownership. Okay. So, Definitely, we have we have brought it down uh, in terms of like you know regular updates. There are monthly updates that comes in the monthly tax that are uh, that are actually released by Vertex. Like all of those things, like it pretty much happens. Like you are informed about it, but the things are always right. continuously patched, and the systems are 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 to the to the latest uh, latest part right. of uh, part of it. And um, so we we had like uh, actually like we just did a showcase. Um, IT like IT is now part of the shared services, so we call it a shared services showcase. Okay. We did a showcase, and there were people coming and visiting us. So we asked, like, so what worked well is like how how did the open enrollment go? So this was the first time we did the open enrollment in the newer Fusion apps. They said. I didn't have any problems so at did, all. So did you do it in the fall like many organizations do? Right, it? Okay. right. It right. was in November. And they said, oh, everything worked worked fine. Like there was there was not much problem at all. And then we rolled out goals, compensation, and focal. So we asked like, how did, how did that work? Well, goals were still working towards it. But in terms of, uh, you know, focal, the compensation mm-hmm. work, everything worked fine. It just, I put in the data, we saved it, and and everything looks looks just Great. the way it is. So a tool that took us a long time to like develop in the previous uh, product, and it took us like quite an education process to go through here with with very less education on the on the product or like the UI uh, right. walkthrough and all. People were able to adapt and and they were able to put in the information and move things through. That that was that was really good feedback. I thought. Yeah, absolutely. So when, 
yeah when when we meet with the when it meets with the business partners to actually find out how how does it go this this was the feedback that i received so wow that's pretty good that's got to yeah. be good for you too right yeah, so yeah. uh hey yamini last thing and i'll let you get back to the conference as well and i appreciate you taking a few minutes some of this today what what do you see is you know maybe next steps or down the road steps like you're sort of on your way and you've been implementing these newer technologies across hr and payroll you mentioned compensation benefits right which is one of my favorites where where do you see this going and where do you see SRI going with this journey? So the ultimate goal uh, I keep talking about is increasing the labor utilization to directly increase the revenue of the company, right? That's the, that's the ultimate right. goal that you've we got want folks to target. Charging project-based right. time to clients, right? right? Okay. So that's that's a goal that we are working towards. So HR, um, if you talk to our HR leaders, like they'll be able to speak more on that. But they are uh, they are fully focused on making talent profile happen in the organization. So employees can actually put in their uh, talent information in the system that gives us visibility to be able to tap into the talent. Again, increase labor utilization, directly increasing the revenue of the company. You know, Yamini, this, that was the best answer I've ever got to that question. And I'll tell you why. Because that answer, maybe because you're IT and you're not like HR person necessarily, but like, because that answer is, hey, we're making this really big investment of time and resources and, and uh, you know, money as well in these HR systems. But here's our goal. Our goal is a business goal, right? It's not an HR goal, right? You, that, that's a revenue goal, right? Our goal is to increase revenue. Here's how we're going to do it. And here's how the enabling HR systems will help us do it. So that's pretty cool. I like that. I love the sound of that. Cool. So. All right. Thank so, you. So, yeah, Yamini, we'll let you go for But I have to ask you this. Podcast veteran. on. I always make a joke, right? Like, uh, I, you're probably not familiar with the joke, but I always say, oh, this show's the HR happy hour show. I've been doing it for years. And I always, I always like, poke fun at some of the other uh, parts of the business. I say, well, there's no procurement happy hour. There's no inventory happy hour. I don't think there is. So, uh, in your experience, HR happy hour, it's got to be your new favorite podcast, right? Uh, got to be. Of course, awesome. absolutely. <laughs> and, and would never miss it. There so. you go. So, hey, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. Great to meet you. Great story. I love what's happening uh, at SRI International. Very, very cool stuff. So, I can, And again, I can't think of two more different stories than the folks I've talked to over the last couple of days, but uh, really, really interesting. So um, thanks, Yamini. Thanks for the folks at Oracle for having the HR Happy Hour show out at Oracle HCM World. And uh, we're going to wrap this up shortly, but uh, for now, we'll see you next time from the HR Happy Hour show. Cool. Thank you, Steve. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show, your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.